And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Canada Hoops. I'm your boy, Matty. We are grateful for your continued support. Keep downloading, sharing, and liking us. Our guest today represents Burlington, Ontario. He is a former Nelson High Lord, Baylor University Bear, Raptors 905, and of course, a member of the Senior Men's National Team for Canada Basketball. Shooter, shoot, he is Brady Heslip. Brady, thanks for joining us on Canada Hoops, man. I'm happy to be here, Maddie. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate the uh, connection and the effort to line this up. I think it's going to be a fun conversation, man. For sure. How are things going, Brady? How have uh, you and your family managed this last year with the pandemic, man? Uh, it's been an interesting year for sure. Um, you know, Last March, I was actually just a few months into uh, into school. So I, after the World Cup, I decided that I was going to go and, and, and pursue my master. So um, for the last year, I was at Queen's University um, doing my MBA. Right. And, uh, you know, it was it was an awesome experience playing in the World Cup and everything. And um, for the last few years, I've just been thinking about, you know, what's going to be that next step and, and where am I going to take it? So uh, the last year is, uh, has been interesting to say the least, but, um, you know, I think it's been pretty positive. I, I just finished school. So, so that was an awesome uh, experience for me and a, and a totally different challenge. Um, you know, obviously, obviously my Baylor Bears got it done on Monday night. So I was pretty, uh, pretty yeah. watching the March Madness for the last week. But yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think everybody's had a, a, a difficult year and, and, you know, especially here in Canada, it seems to be getting worse in Ontario anyway. So, you know, it's, it's nice to, to be able to connect and have these conversations and, and reminisce on some times that were a little more normal. Yeah, it's, uh, you almost feel like something's got to give and I know it's, it's getting tough for you guys out, everyone out in Ontario and, uh. I know we have lots of Ontario listeners and and guests, so uh, you know we're thinking about you all, and um, you know I hopefully everyone can stay positive and push through, and we can get some more uh, a progress on this. Um, you mentioned the MBA and a new career path. Uh, you are 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 you a mortgage investment analyst? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. Um... So the the firm I'm working for does a bunch of different stuff. Uh, essentially, high level, it's a it's a real estate investment firm. We do we do both debt and equity investments. Um, we do have a public arm that is is one of the biggest non bank lenders in Canada. So, um, you know, my 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 late dad, he his career was in commercial real estate, and before I started the MBA program, I got a little bit of experience at a at a big uh, Canadian operator landlord named Oxford Properties. And, uh, I, and I found that, you know, really interesting. And I've always been fascinated with real estate and investing in general. Um, so, 
you know, finishing school and, and this opportunity presenting itself, I thought it was a really good learning opportunity. Um, and, and quite frankly, just a way to get your foot in the door. Um, you know, I think that's the hardest part with, uh, with kind of pivoting careers and everything. Um, so it's been awesome so far and I've been learning a lot and, um, just, just taking it day by day. Well, that's cool. I mean, uh, you know, the game stops at some point for everyone. So you have to have a plan moving forward. It sounds like, uh, you found another passion and, uh, I'm sure it's going to be successful for you, much like your, your basketball career, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, new challenge. It's awesome. I'm enjoying it. Um, you know, the, the, the last year has been fun for me as a, as a fan and to, to keep tabs on all my, all my buddies playing. So, right. you know, I think in this position now you get a little flavor for, for trying to keep track of everybody from home, right? Everybody's all over the world and, yeah. you know, you make sure everybody's doing well and stuff like that. Um, 2021 NCAA champions, Baylor bears. How does that sound, man? Yeah. You know what? It's, uh, it was awesome. Uh, everybody was asking me, you know, when they're filling out their brackets, are they, are they good this year? And I, you know, I said, they're the real deal. They're going to win it. Um, and as the tournament kind of went on, I didn't want to jinx it and, and say this is locked up, but, um, man, it's been fun for me to watch. And, you know, obviously I'm always a proud alumni, but a little extra right now. Um, right. seeing those guys do what they did was pretty special. And, um, you know, I'm happy for Coach Drew and the whole squad down there. It's uh, it's a big deal. So bringing home a championship is, is always good. Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, I followed Gonzaga over the years. They've always had a lot of Canadians there. And then um, I had Robert Zachary on a few epi- episodes ago and just asking him about Gonzaga and their chances. Are they for real? And he's like, absolutely. And, you know, I was cheering for Gonzaga and I had them winning it all in my bracket. but. I'll be honest, as soon as, you know, they started going through the tournament and making their way farther and farther, and then compared to Baylor, I was like, oh, my goodness, man. I think Baylor, you know, in the fi- in the final is going to give them a lot of problems. And I thought, um, you know, Baylor executed their game plan very well, and they wanted that matchup with Gonzaga. And perhaps uh, Baylor was tired of hearing how good Gonzaga was because Baylor themselves were so good too. And Baylor gave them that smoke. and. Uh, <laughs> it was over in that first five minutes. So big props to the Baylor Bears champions forever, man. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the game everybody waited for. You know, everybody wanted to yeah. see it. And I think, uh, like you said, man, Baylor's got some dogs. So they were ready and uh, yeah. you know, they punched first and that was a wrap. No doubt. Uh, Brady, I usually ask guests when they come on Canada Hoops about their sports backgrounds. Um, but given your family ties to the game was it inevitable that basketball would be your passion yeah that's a good question um i think so i i you know a lot of my family is you know deep in the game my grandfather my uncle I and mean, my dad um I mean, my mom played in high school so um you know it, it's something that i was always around and something that i always gravitated towards um growing up i you know i played the other sports and i played football for a year and you know, this and that. But I think when I got to high school, I, I really just kind of said, look, if I'm going to, if I'm going to fulfill my goals and, and, you know, make something special of this, I really got to separate myself with, with my work ethic. And, uh, from that point, I really just decided to focus on hoops. Um, but yeah, 
it's always been hoops for me. So having, uh, you know, your dad was a really great player, uh, all Canadian at the University of Guelph, and obviously many uh, fans of Canada basketball and the community know that uh, your uncle is Jay Triano, iconic figure in Canadian basketball, both a player and a coach. How how great was it to really lean on them, you know, when you're when you're a young player and having that, you know, sounding board with those guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I was really lucky. Obviously, um, right. you know, learning from them and 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 just being around people who are fiercely competitive, and I think you know instilled that competitiveness in me from a young age. So. Um, you know, that was kind of a way that I was able to separate myself later in my career was just that I was so competitive and I always wanted to win and it didn't matter if it was practice or a game and, you know, coaches want competitive guys, um, you know, and, and a lot of guys say they're competitive, but there's a difference, uh, you know, I think when you, when you really get down to it and, and you got to see it every day. So, you know, those, those guys were both, you know, incredible for me and, you know, I always remember my uncle Jay coming to one of my high school games and he, and he said, you know, your goal should be to make the national team when you're 19. Right. And, uh, and I never made team Ontario or anything like that, or the, you know, the junior national team or any, any of those things. Um, you know, and I really, I really took to that and I said, okay, that's going to be my goal. And, and, you know, he told me about his national team coach and how he kind of instructed them to write down their goals. So, um, and, and the crazy thing was at the time, I mean, if, if I would have told someone that, they would have said there's no chance. Um, but the first time I made the national team was playing for Leo and I was 19. So, right. you know, that, that's just one example of, of the little things that, that those guys, you know, my, 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 my dad and Jay were able to kind of just pass on, you know, goal setting and work ethic and competitiveness and all those different things that have, that have helped me throughout the years. Um, and as you're growing up, obviously they're, um, obvious role models and and people that look up to you but did you idolize or look up to anybody else on the court and any other players uh whose uh game you're a big fan of yeah um <laughs> you know i i think back to when i was young i think i had a a, a different favorite player every week okay um, you know i i think the two that stick out the most one of them is obviously steve uh you know i Canadian guy as a as a short white dude I think everybody looked up to him and um you know fortunate for me Jay was the coach so I was able to you know start building a relationship with Steve from when I was pretty young um and another guy that I looked up to who was my favorite player for a long time was Ray for Alston um when he was on the Raptors and I uh you know I, I love the and one mixtape stuff and Skip was Skip was that guy so yeah um you know yeah, kind of a kind of a strange fair player, but for me he was uh he was awesome. And then, you know, in the later years I always loved Kobe. Um I was a huge fan of Kobe and his work ethic and and everything that he was about. Um, you know, Ray Allen was another guy I liked a lot. Um but yeah, those are just a few. Well, Steve has been mentioned a lot on, on, on Canada Hoops, but that is a first Rafer Alston reference, man. So you're in the books with Skip there. That's uh, that's pretty cool. And uh, so, just with uh, you know loving Steve so much, like uh, a lot of us do, uh, how has it been to have a connection with him and uh, a relationship with him? Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, you know, I, I I think you know 
from my, you know, first for user of the team when, when he would come to training camps and, you know, he, he would be hanging out with us. Right. So he was in, he was in Toronto and he was doing his own thing elsewhere, but, um, you know, it was a chance for us to really get to know him and work out with him and, and, you know, get those pointers in the summer and take some drills from him and everything like that. So, you know, he, he was always a great sounding board too, if you just needed some advice. Um, so, you know, I, I think his involvement throughout those years was, was paramount for the program and, you know, really brought it up and him being that figure, I think was, was really positive for a lot of guys who are now in the NBA. Um, you know, a lot of them t- can talk about, you know, Vince Sanity and the, and the Raptors at that time. But, um, you know, I, I think that seeing a guy uh, like Steve be a two-time MVP gave a lot of people hope, man, and and said, really, you know, if this guy can do it, then we can do it. And and look at what these guys are doing now, right? I mean, we got some some serious hoopers in the league now, and I think, uh, you know, Steve's a big part of, of why those guys are, are doing what they're doing. Absolutely. Well said. Um, Nelson High School, you know, you start to establish yourself on the floor and, uh, you know, your work ethic is uh, somewhat legendary in the community and your shooting ability. Uh, you dropped 54 points in a game, MVP of the 2009 All-Canada Classic. Uh, and then you're putting in summers, too, with Grassroots Canada. You know, what are your, what are your fondest, fondest memories from that, that time in your basketball process there, Brady? Yeah. Um, you know, those were, those were awesome days. And I think, you know, when I think back to that time, I think about just, you know, how bad I wanted to be a D one player. Um, I, I, I did the, I was drive I was taking the go train and getting picked up downtown and then going to fall staff to make grassroots practices. And I was also playing with blessed Sacrament and Hamilton. And, um, of course I was playing on Nelson and, and, you know, we, we did some pretty great things there. Um, you know, I think that that period of my career, I was I was really just, you know, coming into myself as a player. That's when I really d- developed confidence. That's, you know, going and playing with those guys in Toronto and going all over the state, staying in the Motel Sixes, going in a, you know, a 13 passenger van, I think for me was was really beneficial because it, it really it really toughened me up. Um you know, not you know, not to say that I was soft before, but I think seeing that and, and being around those guys and who've become some of my best friends, um, you know, ultimately helped shape, you know, the player that I became, you know, the, the toughness rubbed off, the the griminess and, you know, understanding whatever you have to do to, to get in front of these coaches and to, to prove yourself, you know, that's what we did. Um, you know, the, the, the teams in the States, they didn't think a team from Canada could come down there and then, you know, we went and we won the tournament in Vegas and Tristan was the number one player in the country and Corey was going to Texas. And, right. um, you know, I think j- just being a part of that group was was really beneficial for me and, and, and seeing what I could do. Um, so, yeah, I look back on that and I think I was just so focused on on my goals, man, and just trying to trying to get a scholarship, to be honest. What um, why did the move come about to go play prep at uh, New Hampton? Was that? an easy decision to make. So, uh, I'll give you the story. So my, my, my college recruiting wasn't, uh, I guess what you'd call a traditional path. So I was, I was in, I was at Nelson and, uh, there was a few division one schools recruiting me. Um, and one of them was UNC Greensboro. Um, right. and they even watched our, our, our Halton final or something like that. And, 
I think I, you know, I had like 28 or something and I thought I played great. I'm thinking, okay, if these guys offer me a scholarship, I'm signing right away. I'm going, this is, I don't have an offer. Right. So that didn't happen. And then I was going to go to the university of Guelph where my dad played. Right. So I was committed to go to Guelph and coach Rowe, um, he convinced me, you know, you can't give up on the dream. You gotta, we got, you can do one more summer. Corey's away. Tristan's away. Uh, you know, Mike, these guys are at Le- LeBron camp and this and that. So it's going to be your team. And, uh, and I was just loving hooping. So I'm like, all right, let's go. And the first tournament was in Cincinnati. And I, and I remember, and we, we lost in the finals to, uh, to a Michigan team. And had a, a guy, a point guard named Keith Applin, who was going to be a McDonald's All American. And I think I had like forty something that game. And and then uh, we lost the championship, which was unfortunate. But on the car ride home, my phone just didn't stop ringing, and it was school after school offering scholarships. So, you know, you know, it was a it was a culmination of five years of of putting in the work, and you know you know, thanks to coach Rowe for not letting me give up on that and, and end up going to Guelph. Things really did turn overnight. So, you know, I drove home from that tournament and I had, you know, close to 10 offers probably, um, played out the rest of the summer, you know, things started happening obviously. And then I took a couple of visits with my dad. I visited UCLA, um, I visited Cincinnati and I ended up visiting Boston college. Right. Um, and I ended up committing to Boston college and, because I didn't get an offer and I was going to go to Guelph, I didn't write my SATs. So the whole reason for the whole prep school thing was, was, uh, was BC kind of set me up there and said, go there for a semester and, and write your SATs. And then you come here in, in December, you redshirt, and then you're good to go. So, so that's kind of, that was the journey, you know, in a nutshell of, of how I actually ended up getting to the States and, and BC was that first, uh, was that first place then the coach got fired and then ended up transferring to Baylor um and that's kind of the my route to get there yeah um I was wondering about the the BC thing and then uh, that makes sense that the coach wasn't there so you're looking to move and then you go to Baylor and uh your time at Baylor was clearly very special you really put the basketball world on notice with your shooting ability uh what do you take away the most from your time at Baylor and now you're at this big program and uh, really making your mark? Yeah. You know, I, I feel very blessed that I ended up going to Baylor, um, you know, in, in a weird way. I, I always carry that chip on my shoulder when I didn't get recruited and then it all happened in one summer. And, um, you know, the way it works is if you get a high major school offering you a scholarship, then the rest of them know that then they're going to start offering you because they, you know, it's like, a you know, apples to apples kind of thing. If, right. Uh, so when I was at BC, the coach, the new coach came in and he basically told me he didn't think I was good enough to play in the ACC and whatever else. So I was like, you know, for sure, right away, first conversation, I'm out of here. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, I took a bunch of visits and ended up at Baylor and, and it, it was the best decision I made. Um, you know, I knew they didn't have anybody like me when I visited there. I realized how special the place was. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a great private school in Texas, which was, which was totally different. I think the first thing I realized was that no matter where you go in the States, for the most part, you're going to be a flight away anyways. Um, so, so from that standpoint that, you know, the, the geographics didn't matter. Um, right. I went there, sat out my year and, and worked really hard to get, you know, get my body right. I totally transformed my body, 
you know, worked on all that stuff I needed to do, became a leader. Um, and then, and from that point on, you know, I knew when I, when I was eligible the next year that I was going to, I was going to be starting and I was going to be playing and we were going to do something special. So, um, you know, I feel really lucky that I ended up there and, and that coach drew and the staff there believed in me and gave me a chance. And, um, you know, we went to the elite eight my first year and then we won the NIT championship and then we went to sweet 16. So, um, you know, just being part of that program, I just feel, I just feel really lucky that I, I was able to do that. And especially now to see, you know, them win a championship. Um, you know, I guess when you, when your school's never won one, you don't really know what it feels like that they won. And, um, you know, my, my coach there, coach Drew, he's always the first one to say, you know, it was the, it was the guys before who helped lay the foundation and build up. And I'm thinking, you know what, we had nothing to do with this. Um, you know, he built it, we were there for the ride and, and this, you know, he just put together a special team and he's a special coach. So to see them win the championship, man, it was like, you know, all of my years become even more special and I'm just proud of the, proud to be an alumni there, man. I'm proud to have played for him and, you know, it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome looking back on it now. Well, he brought up two points that I wanted to ask you about. So one, um, what's it like to play for coach Drew and what kind of impact did he have on your career specifically he had a he had a huge impact on my career because uh you know he was he was the one who just told me right away you got to transform your body and from the moment i got there you know i played pickup with the guys and showed up and i said okay i'm coming they i knew they wanted me i'm going and the first conversation we had in his office was you know you can be a special player um but you gotta you gotta transform your body so you know, I think that I think that he knew what I needed to do, and his guidance, you know, throughout that redshirt year was really helpful for me. He said, "You know, okay, we got this guy," and then and I started to be able to think like a coach because he knew I would be an extension of him on the floor. That's just something I brought to the table right. um, with my IQ, um, and 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 really helped mold me into being a leader. Um, you know, and and leading vocally and getting the guys to trust me and. Um, you know, leading by example with your work ethic and how much, you know, how much you put in. So, you know, playing for him w was awesome. And, and to be honest, college is, you know, there's not that many guys that have, you know, crazy freedom, so to speak. You know, it's a, quite a structure and the coaches really do have a, a big impact on the outcome of games. And, you know, he just gave me a lot of freedom, uh, you know, to be who I was and to shoot it and you know, I, I would I would do as best I could to go out there and not make mistakes, right? One of the things I prided myself on and one of the reasons why I played a lot and, and he would say the same thing is because I didn't turn the ball over. Um, and, and so I think that he really helped me figure out how to stay on the floor. Um, and I think for all these guys who are going Division One, and, you know, there's a lot of guys who are doing great stuff, but there's a lot of guys who go down there and they can't figure it out and they can't, you know, get in the rotation and play 25 minutes. And to be honest, if you're not in the rotation and you're not playing, then your, you know, prospects after school look a little different. Right. Um, so I think that, you know, yeah, I think he helped me realize all those things and, and figure out what I needed to do to be on the court uh, in order to, you know, um, be successful down the line and to, you know, help our team. Yeah. And then uh, obviously with um, Baylor being, uh, winning the national championship less than 48 hours ago. Uh, how special from a player standpoint is the tournament and just that experience, man? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what, that's why you want to go to the States. You want to, 
you want to go to a school and have a chance to play in that because it is uh, it's truly special and it's it's hard to describe. I mean, you you go you're with these with these guys and you grind all year just to make it there. And and if you're lucky enough to be one of the 64, then you you know you fly somewhere in the country. You know, not not now. I guess they're all in the same place, but but everybody kind of is flying somewhere different. And likely you've never played there before. Right. And it's literally do or die. So every meeting, every practice, every shoot around, every game is is it's all or nothing. And you got guys on your team that if you lose, their career's done. So it, it's it, it's just a crazy, crazy environment. The fans are into it. You know, you got the bands and and all of that when things are normal. So it is really cool. Um, you know, it was a dream of mine to play in it. And, you know, I feel fortunate that we were able to go and, and not only go, but win some games. Um, you know, that, that first year, 2012, uh, we ended up going to the elite eight and we were playing against Kentucky in the, in the Georgia dome. So, you know, there was like, I don't know, I think 40,000 people there and it was just, that's everything you dream of. You know, you're on the court and it's it's crazy. You you can't even really just process the moment. You just gotta, you just gotta play and enjoy it and have fun, man. And then it's over before you know it. That's awesome. Uh, appreciate you sharing that. One more thing with Baylor, Brady. Uh, were you aware of, like, you sort of had this cult-like following almost back in Canada just because you were really lighting, lighting it up, bombing three-pointer after three-pointer, and your profile in the Canadian basketball community exploded when you guys were playing in a tournament. You know, TSN made sure, you know, Baylor games were always on and you were getting highlighted. Were you aware of the support you were getting back in Canada? Um, you know, I think when you're, when you're in it, you kind of, you realize what's going on. And I, I kind of got a feeling from that, from that tournament run, right. You know, you know, I'm, I'm just doing a bunch of different interviews and, right. you know, yes. And, and, and whatever else, whatever the networks are, but, um, you know, I, I just appreciate the support from my friends and family um, from all the, all the people back home who, whoever shouted me out, whether it was on Twitter or whatever, you know, I, I really, I felt the love and, um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's hard if, if they were following me or anything to know how proud, uh, of a Canadian I am. So, um, you know, I just appreciated all the love, but I also tried not to get caught up in that stuff. And, you know, it's pretty easy if, if, if you're doing, you're doing well and, and people are pumping you up to kind of take your foot off the gas. And, and that's, uh, I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to, you know, be humble and, and go about my business and play as well as I could every night. But, but, uh, you know, also being respectful and, and appreciative of, of everybody who showed love. No doubt. Um, as you finish up your career at, at Baylor and you look to go pro, um, take us through the process of turning pro. You had many stops along the way, but, uh, you went undrafted and then you joined the Minnesota Timberwolves for the 2014 summer league. Um, you know, when you turn pro, just what was that experience like in leaving college and now trying to, you know, make your way as a professional? Yeah. Um, it was an interesting process and it, and it's definitely not easy. Um, especially if you're not one of those guys who's, um, who's getting drafted. So, you know, I think the first step that I was doing was, was, uh, you know, you mentioned Carl and, and Carl was an amazing, you know, like a big brother to me, um, through those years. And 
you know, he kind of taught me about the agent process and what you're, what you want. And if, you know, if, if Europe's your goal, then this is what you're looking for. And if you're trying to take a crack at the NBA, then this is what you're looking for. Um, so it, it was a unique process and it was a, it was a good learning process for me just to, you know, kind of be independent and figure out how to deal with it on my own and, and make decisions that ultimately I have to live with. Um, I think a lot of guys nowadays are, are making decisions that, uh, you know, their support group tells them to make when, um, in actuality, they're the ones who have to live with the decisions and they're the ones who are going to be in those situations. So I encourage guys to think for themselves. Um, so like you said, yeah, I didn't get drafted. I, I ended up getting a spot on the Timberwolves Summer League team. And, and the first couple of games, it was tough because Summer League, you got guys who, who just got drafted and, right. you know, I'm a shooter from Baylor and, and, and whatever else. So I didn't play the first couple of games. And then uh, Alexei Shved was the point guard and, and he... You know, he was a character and he kind of ducked out after two games. So for, for the last three games, I really got to play. Um, and I started and I, and I played well and I, you know, I think I surpassed their expectations. So um, from there I had a couple offers in Europe, but it, 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 um, it wasn't what I expected um, compensation wise. And my agent at the time tried to convince me to take a job in Lithuania. Okay. Um, and I think that you can tell from from everything else I've told you about, you know, Guelph and everything that I I was always kind of betting on myself. So right. I I told I I fired that agent and I ended up signing a training camp deal with the Timberwolves. So you know, going from no workouts and everything to playing in summer league and then signing a, a training camp deal and now I have a shot at the NBA. It was a uh, you know that that's just an example of me making decisions for myself, right, and not saying, oh, I, I don't have any money and this is going to be great. Um, I, I decided to, you know, pursue my dream and, and go for that. So, you know, that's kind of how I ended up in Minnesota. Um, and that was a great experience for me going through an MBA training camp fresh out of school. And I think it gave me a lot of confidence because, you know, I did well there. And, um, you know, I knew that it was going to be tough to make the team because they had 15 guaranteed contracts. Right. So um, I think from there, I, I was, you know, one of the top picks in the D league draft and I went into Reno and, you know, another unique situation, just, you know, fortunate for me, uh, the coach wanted to give me all the freedom and basically said, if you catch the ball on this side of half court and you think you have a good shot then shoot it. And, uh, right. you know, that couldn't have worked out any better. Cause I, you know, I, I did really well and I was leading the league in scoring for a while. And, um, but to be honest, as a competitor, we, we were playing a quite a unique system and, and we weren't winning games and I was getting a little bit frustrated and, you know, there was rumors about a call up and, um, and I think ultimately, again, I just wanted to make a decision for myself. And now I was starting to get some, you know, substantial offers in Europe when, when you, when you go and lead the D league and score. And I think, um, you know, just put me in a different category over there. And, and kind of once you go over there and you start making a certain amount, it's it's quite rare that you're not going to make more than that or at least on par with that for the following years, right? So right. I think that that experience kind of set me up to go over there and, um, you know, went there and won a championship in the in the Bosnian League and played in the ABBA League that year and um, and then just kept moving up from there. And you were the Bosnian Cup grand final mvp that year correct yeah cool the 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 abba league is is the really good league with uh you know teams like red star and sabona who who have have had some famous guys over the years right um then we play the bosnian league and because we were the best we were supposed to win so we we handled what we were supposed to do there 
Yeah, so you kind of go through, you know, summer league stints uh, for the next couple of years and then going back overseas, you're in Italy. And then in 2016, you signed with the Toronto Raptors, but were waived after playing in four preseason games. But then, you know, you get a run with the Raptors 905. And uh, I know that was, um, you know, a good place for you. And you played for Jerry Stackhouse and Coach Stackhouse spoke uh, highly of you calling you one of the best shooters in the world and the smartest player he's ever coached. And you're winning a G League championship with guys like Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam just and being able to play pretty much at home too. How was that experience, man? Yeah, that was uh that was obviously an amazing experience for me. I think, you know, first and foremost, signing a, a contract with the Raptors is, is every kid's dream. So when I did that it was it was special in and of itself and um, you know, to that point I had done pretty well and, you know, I think I wasn't going to come back and just do a D league thing again, because it's, I, I would, uh, you know, there's some waiting to compensation. Um, so, so for me to come back and, and get a little bit of money to go to camp with the Raptors and then play in the D league, it was awesome, man. And like you said, I got to play with some great guys and play for coach stack and we were able to, you know, build a special relationship and, you know, when I, I would have an early morning practice and I'm living in Mississauga, I would just drive home to Burlington. So it was uh, nice. It was one of the most fun years of my career. And my, my friends and family were able to come to all my games and, um, you know, winning a championship never hurts. Um, so it, it was a it was a fantastic year all around. And, and, and I feel blessed for that opportunity and experience. And then on the other side of that, Brady, uh, with your stops in Europe, uh, you also played in Turkey and Germany. Um, you know, you got a favorite stop overseas that you really liked? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's it's tight. My my favorite place that I played was in Cantu, Italy. Um, it was uh it's just north of Milan. It's a it's a famous club in Italy. They they used to be in the Euroleague and, and championships and all of that. Um when I was there, we were just in the Italian league and and a and a FIBA Europe Cup, but you know, that was an awesome experience just because the Italian league was awesome and the fans were crazy every game. They were, you know, packing the arenas and it was, it was, it was pretty cool experience for me. Um, and living in Italy is, which is, is one of my favorite countries. So, you know, that was awesome. And then, uh, I also really enjoyed my time in Istanbul. Um, you know, living in, going to Turkey for the first time, I was a little bit nervous, but I knew that it was one of the highest paying leagues. And if I could go establish myself there, then, you know, it, it would probably set me up to do some good stuff. So I really enjoyed playing there and the people were amazing. And never, never once did I, you know, ever feel like, you know, I was in a dangerous situation or anything. Um, it, it's a really special place, a beautiful place with, with great people. And uh, I really enjoyed playing there as well. Any uh, kind of crazy fan moments during the games? Lots of guys will say, yeah, Europe's got some hairy moments. Any, any standout for you any at all? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess one good example is we were playing, uh, when I was playing for Trabs and Spore, we were playing against Fenerbahce, who is, who's one of the biggest clubs in Turkey. Um, and our, our fans, we had a really crazy fan base. So they were, uh, you know, they were wild at every game and we had a big arena too. So, you know, it was, it was, it was full and we were, we were rolling in the first half and then one of their guys did something and you know, the, the ref didn't call it technical. And then the guy started throwing coins at the refs and then the refs had to, 
the the fans were going so crazy that the, the refs had to call the teams into the locker room. And I guess like our fans were spitting on their guys and like trying to, you know, hit whatever with their guys. It was a pretty, uh, pretty intense, intense moment. That's so crazy. We sat in the locker room for like an hour and they cleared all the fans out and we had to play the second half with no fans <laughs> and we, we ended up losing the game. And then our fans got suspended for the next four home games. Oh. So, you know, I guess now in, in, in this, uh, you know, through the pandemic, teams may be accustomed to playing games in empty arenas. But at that point, um, it felt strange and our fans were suspended and we were playing games again, you know, real games that, that mattered and there was no fans there and it just felt like a scrimmage. So, you know, I guess that would be one, one example of some, some crazy fans. Oh, that's cool. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Brady, obviously on uh, Canada hoops, we love to talk about Canada basketball and especially with guests who played for the program. You played under Leo Routon's, in your earlier years with the program, Leo called you one of the elite shooters Canada has ever produced. And as well, Carl English, a great friend of Canada who mentioned you as a guy he really enjoyed developing a friendship with. What does it mean when those guys say that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's, that's high praise. Um, you know, I think uh, for me, thinking back on it, making the team when I was 19, right. um, and, and, you know, and my dad and, and Jay and Leo actually played together on, on some teams and they were friends. Right. Um, but I think that um, in my journey, making my first team for Leo w was special because there was, you know, nobody could really take that away from me. Um, maybe if Jay was the coach and, and I made the team, then there could have been, you know, some type of nepotism, uh, you know, comment or something like that. Right. Um, but I, I made the team with Leo and I, I made it as the last guy. And I think that trip, you know, when we came back, we went to Spain and Belgium and I forget where else we went, but, you know, they came back and said, you know, you really soaked the most out of that trip. Like, no, you got better from start to finish. Every game you, you were a little bit better. And, you know, we played against Spain there who had both Gasols and Rubio and Calderon and, you know, all these yeah. guys at the time who I, who I looked up to. Um, so I think, you know, getting, getting praise from Leo like that was awesome. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I got to play for him. And I think Leo's, uh, you know, an amazing guy. And Andy is one of my, one of my good buddies and, you know, Sammy's playing. So, you know, I just have immense respect for that family and, and what they're about and, and who they are as people. Um, and like, like you said, um, you know, Carl, I told you he was like a big brother to me. Right. Um, you know, really was, he was someone I looked up to as well. And, and, you know, in those early years when I was just a young buck and I had to carry everybody's bags, yeah. um, you know, he, he was my, he was my big brother and, and you know, he was, a, he was a gunner he was a sniper, he was a scorer. And that's kind of exactly what I did. Um, so he was someone that I was able to learn from and, and just, you know, have someone to look up to that was doing, doing it at the level that I wanted to get to. So when I was in my last year at Baylor, you know, he was the first dude that I would say, you know, I'm like, look, I'm trying to come play in the ACB or whatever. Like, tell me what I got to do to get there. And, right. you know, he, he was always great to me. Yeah, that's cool. Um, it's really neat to see when uh, you look at the different rosters that you were on, and this is sort of a common theme for a lot of the guys in the program, but you you come in and you're starting to play with uh, vets like a Joel Anthony and even Levon, and uh, I know you knew Corey as a, a teammate when you were younger, and he was a kind of a vet then too, but then, um, you know, and then you go 
you finish up at the 25th you didn't finish up at the at the 2015 pan am games you're alongside a, a young cat like jamal murray it's pretty cool to see the the range of teammates you've had in the program it, it's it's neat man yeah yeah for sure i think uh you know i i got really lucky and i think you know <laughs> those early years was incredible learning from guys like carl and jermaine anderson and, and guys who had been for you know a number of years at the time and you know I, i'll always remember that feeling of going into training camp and and I, I was always one that operated out of fear of failure so i was like you know just because i made it last year doesn't mean i'm gonna make it this year and i kind of just went in every year with that mentality like i gotta just make the team i gotta make the team somehow um and then you know time goes on and and you look back and i played i played for 10 straight years and i you know didn't miss too many games in that in that period so you know, I, I was able to, you know, play with those guys who were kind of, you know, the vets at the time and then play play my way into when they transitioned out and then a new crop of guys came in. And then, you know, as the years went on and, you know, the Pan Am year and then, um, you know, after that we went and, and, and we, you know, unfortunately we lost in those qualifiers to go to the Olympics, but that was a totally different team too. And, and one of the most special teams I've been on, I think, you know, with the exception of that game, we were we were smashing everybody by 25 and, and we were right. pretty dumb and so um yeah man i just feel really lucky and, and honored that i got to represent for as long as i did yeah it's um it's great you brought up 2015 that summer because you guys you know have the high of playing so well at the pan ams in toronto playing at home and jamal murray's there and then a different roster is kind of put together for uh the FIBA Americas there in Mexico City and obviously the much talked about loss to Venezuela and uh, you know, the ref sucked in that game. Let's just state facts. And <laughs> um but when I had Robert Sacre on, you know, he mentioned that could have possibly be, possibly been the most talented roster ever assembled at that point for Canada basketball. But um, you know, those are two teaching points, I guess. You can have a high and then a low just in that in that short span. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, um, you know, I think that's the beauty of sport, right? I think, right. you know, one, one good example is, is, is because it's uh, recent is the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, there's tons of upsets every year and, and people just don't appreciate that the favorite doesn't always win. Um, and you can be rolling and, and have a bad night and, you know, and, and that just kind of happened. So, you know, you know, doing what we did in the Pan Am Games and beating the U.S. was was a special moment, and you know, some that we'll all remember. Um, and and losing that game to Venezuela is some we'll we'll all remember as well. But right. um, you know, for the guys that were a part of it, we're we're going to be brothers forever, man. And we went through it together. Um, you know, I think that that's a that's a good uh, you know pain point motivating factor to bring up for the for the guys who are trying to get it done uh, for this Olympics, right? Is you know, look how close we were and we were, we thought we had it. So, you know, you can't take anything for granted and you can't think anything certain. Um, and, and that's just something that, uh, it's a good lesson. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I haven't put a lot of time and energy into Canada basketball, Brady. What are your thoughts on the program right now, where it's at and then where it's headed, man? I think, uh, the program is in great hands. I think, uh, you know, when I went with, uh, uh, I guess two summers ago now um, to China and, and Australia with those guys. It was, it was special, man. And, and, you know, it was tough because we didn't have the NBA guys, but playing in a world cup and, and playing for coach nurse and, 
just kind of seeing how he operates and seeing, you know, what they wanted to do. And I've seen the progression, right? It was, it was 10 years in the making. We went from, you know, practicing at Ryerson, wearing, wearing stinky uh, practice gear to, to, you know, flying across the world and, and doing our thing on the main stage. So, right. um, you know, I, I've really seen the evolution of it. And I think that it's in, it's in a great spot. I think that, you know, we have the talent, we have the NBA guys. There's no reason why, you know, we shouldn't have as many NBA guys on the roster as we want. And they, those guys all want to represent, they all want to play. Um, you know, now it's just time to, to win. And I think that winning solves a lot of problems, um, whether it be, you know, backing, um, you know, financially, visibility, you know, marketing, TV, whatever, how, however you want to slice it, winning solves all those problems. And if and if they go and they win medals and, and do what they're supposed to do in the Olympics, then, you know, a lot of those issues are solved. So I think that it, it's in a great spot. And now it's kind of just got to make it happen. Agreed. Uh, well put. Um, all right, man. I think I prepped you or gave you this question uh, when we were DMing on Twitter. Who is Brady Heslip's top five of all time for Canada basketball? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's a, it's a tough question. So I, I'll give you my, I'll give you my five. For sure. Um, number one, you got Steve Nash. Right. Uh, number two, you got, who was my favorite player uh, when I was a kid and I went and watched the national team play in Puerto Rico's Denim Brown. Nice. <laughs> um, I got to put my boy Kelly in there. Okay. Kelly, uh, because, you know, we played for all those years together and, you know, there was a couple times where he couldn't come because of, you know, NBA or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think his dedication to the program warrants him in the top five. For sure. Um, and I also got to put Corey Joe in there too, because of, because of his same level of commitment. And, you know, I remember, you know, he, they were on a, you know, a deep, uh, postseason run or something. And, you know, he, he flew to the Philippines, um, with Tristan just to come for the, for the Olympic qualifier. So I think that, um, for me, you know, that, that's, that's a special commitment to the program. And then, uh, you know, lastly, I, I'll, I'll put my boy Carl in there. Um, I think, Carl was was representing major uh, for his time and you know for all those years under Leo and he was he was uh he was doing his thing man and he was a force he was playing you know high level in Europe one of the best players in in Spain and he was doing his thing for Canada and you know he served his time too and so you know I got a lot of respect for for all those guys that's a great five man uh, I don't think anyone's gonna dispute that and I love it yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's a, there's a bunch of guys I forgot. So, you know, that, those, those are just, that's just my five, you know, like rock has got to be a, an honorable mention in there. And for sure, you know, I'm sure that there's like Leo should be in there and, and Jay and all the guys who, who, you know, Pasquale and, and all these guys who were, who were before our time that, that deserve the, the, you know, recognition and respect, but from the era I grew up in and then the guys that I idolized and, 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 you know, a few of them that I love playing with that are my brothers, man, that's my five. Well, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I asked that question to everybody that comes on, and especially for people that have played in a program, it's great to hear their perspective. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't even know if I could do that. I don't even know if I could do a top five for Canada, like, and just being a, 
you know, a fan supporter and then just running the podcast. Now I'm like, man, I don't like, I would need, I would need a roster, you know, like I, there's so many great guys that have put a lot of time in and you look at any generation. I, I don't know. I, I might have to actually start writing that down. So, uh, you know, prop, yeah, it's prop, hard. Prop, <laughs> props to everyone doing their top five. Uh, before I let you go, Brady, uh, any shout outs or thank yous, man? Man, I just shouting out the whole Canada basketball community, man. All the guys representing, um, you know, all my teammates over the years. Love them like brothers. We had, you know, so many amazing times. And, you know, although we weren't able to get it done at the Olympics, um, you know, I, I have a lot of confidence that that they're going to be there and, and for the people supporting your show, man. So, so shout out to you for spreading the word and getting all these guys to come on here and talk and, you know, hopefully spread the spread the Canada basketball support nationwide and get more people paying attention. Well, we appreciate that. And uh, like we mentioned uh, before we recorded, you know, it's uh, it's been uh, uh, an amazing experience so far and just very grateful everyone's given us their time. And, uh, you know, nobody has to necessarily do that. But, uh, you know, we appreciate the support uh, and we appreciate you joining us on Canada Hoops, Brady. Much love to you, man. Yeah, appreciate you for having me, man. That was fun. No doubt that wraps up another episode of Canada Hoops. I want to thank the sharpshooter Brady Heslip for pulling up. Thank you for continuing to download, listen, like, and share us. Until next time, I'm your boy, Matty. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.